Welcome to Infinite Realms Radio, a short fiction anthology podcast. I'm Ren, and in today's episode, we explore the concept of immortality. It is time to sit back, relax, and join us as we journey through all this time by a multitude of pandas. Some people, those likely to talk too much at parties, would say immortality is a blessing. They dream of what it's like to be a god, watching the mere mortals live their puny lives. They are wrong. I'm human, just like you. I love, I lose, laugh and cry. Really? The only difference is that it's much harder for me to die. Other people, those likely to stay in to look for tax credits on a Saturday night, will say immortality is a curse. They will imagine the endless torture of eternal existence. They are wrong too. Again, I can die. It is just really, really difficult. Secondly, it's not a curse at all. I have watched the sun rise and set over countless civilizations. I have made connections across millennia that no one else could. I have witnessed wonders that the modern world could never dream of. The ultimate truth is that immortality is boring. It certainly has its moments. I've led armies, fought wars, started religions, lost battles, sparked revolutions, and masqueraded as an all-powerful goddess. I've been a poet, a thief, a priestess, and a warlord. But the calendar spins like a wheel. And you tend to see the same characters again and again. After centuries of endless repetition, everything and everyone starts to lose their shine. The beauty of life is in its fleetingness, its impermanence. The joys and sorrows that we experience, the people we meet, the places we go, the things we create, all of it becomes monotonous when you have all the time in the world. I am the eternal observer of an ever-changing world which remains ever the same. And the few things that don't remain the same are the things I miss the most. That's why I, the poet, thief, priestess, warlord, I'm now a mid-level professor at a mid-tier university in Ohio. I know what you're thinking. Surely I could teach at any of the finest schools in the world. It's true, I could. But I do not value prestige or tenure. I enjoy helping my fellow humans understand that we are not so very different from one another. 
If I were able to introduce a Mongolian nomad to a Scottish pig farmer, I truly believe they could share a dinner table. As long as they didn't try to kill each other first. We humans are a strange lot. I teach history. Specifically, the history of dead languages. I love linguistics. Language is the way that we understand one another. I loved traveling the globe, learning every dialect I could from every tribe and culture. What better way to preserve and remember the past than to hear long dead words from these young people's lips? So that's what I'm doing here, at this middling university with a middling apartment in a middling state. I am holding on to things that history decided would best be forgotten and sharing them with my class. Or at least I would be, if they were listening. They're always on their phones or staring at the clock when I'm trying to tell them where they came from, who the people were who built their world. They stand on the backs of- Will that be on the midterm? I'm sorry, what? What you were just saying about the linguistic patterns of the region around the empire. Will it be on the midterm? If I told you what was on the midterm, you wouldn't learn everything I want you to learn. <sighs> Moving on, we can clearly see that following the rise of the empire, there was using the old myths and songs of long dead kingdoms usually helps to keep things interesting, especially in my easier classes. But it only goes so far. In a 100-level class that most people take to fulfill the elective requirements for graduation, the general attitude of my students remains the same no matter which university I teach at or what decade it is. Apathetic. Hell, even centuries ago, when the supposed myths I'm teaching were playing out in real time, so many stories happened the way they did because the protagonists simply wouldn't listen. I don't know why I expected this lesson to play out any other way than it usually does. My class isn't important enough to most people, and we're late enough in the semester that half the students are napping wherever they can find a relatively flat surface to sleep on. It is at this point that a great warrior, whose name was lost with time, was said to have led the charge against this new totalitarian regime. Can anyone tell me the name of the city? and what god it was named after. Anyone? Anyone at all? This is always the way it goes when I talk about the way things used to be. Every time I- Alua. What? The city was named Alua, for the goddess Abeloa. The soldier who led the charge was Ezekiel, devout follower of Abeloa. What? Where is this voice coming from? Where? There. Someone whose face doesn't belong to the typical tapestry of disinterest. His eyes are far more alert than the rest in the room. He stands out. The hair is different, the clothes aren't quite right. But somewhere, in the back of my brain, beneath layers of dust and cobwebs, something is familiar. The voice, the accent, 
That pronunciation was impeccable. Even so many years ago, few had said that name with such ease. I can feel my heartbeat thundering in my ears. It's been so long, so long since I've heard those names. Say them again. I'm impressed. Most people don't come by that much information about such an insignificant legend. Nearly no one knows the name of the soldier. Tell me, where did you hear it? A new study was done in the temple ruins found at the base of the mountain. The updated translation was released nearly a year ago. <laughs> right, well, as I was saying, the fall of the empire led to the splitting of the common language. He's lying about that study, and we both know it. But it'll have to wait until after class. Many writers persevered, using their local dialects to create literary works that reflected the unique cultural identity of their region. This helped to promote a sense of regional pride and fostered a spirit of creativity that continues to this day. Okay, that's all for today's lecture. Don't forget to review the assigned reading for Monday and be prepared to discuss the role of dialects in shaping literary traditions. Thank you all for your attention, and I'll see you next week. Surely that was a fluke, a joke. An upperclassman or an older sibling must have passed down their notes, and he just happened to guess the correct pronunciation. But no, that vowel isn't so common anymore for it to occur to just anyone, and he'd even caught the trick question about the city being named after a goddess. We both know the study he cited was fake, so how does he know that name? Hi. Hi. I was wondering what you... Hawei la mayoren. E la teyoru. How do you know me? I have always known you. My fingers are digging into my ribs, and I can hardly breathe. After all this time... It's been too long, Belle. I've missed you, Ezekiel. Thank you for joining us for all this time by Reddit user A Multitude of Pandas, adapted for audio by Larynx and Sobek. We at Infinite Realms Radio really hope you enjoyed the story. Before we wrap up, we'd like to give a shout out to our talented voice actors who brought this story to life. You can find more of their work and support them on their website and social media pages which we will link in the show notes and on our website. And I am your host, Ren, and you can find me at RenKent on Twitter. And if you are an author or voice actor interested in submitting your work or joining our team, please visit our website at infinitereomsradio.com or send us an email at infinite realms radio 
at gmail.com. We always love hearing from our listeners and contributors. Thank you again for tuning in, and we will see you in the next episode of Infinite Realms Radio.